All right, guys, welcome to the first episode of On Deck, uh, presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm joined by Nick, as always. What up? What's going on? So today on On Deck, we are going to discuss uh, a couple different topics. Uh, first is Jacob deGrom having the best season ever by a pitcher. Is his season going to be comparable to uh, Bob Gibson's 1968 season? And then we'll get your opinion on the new, not new rule of pitchers applying sticky substances to the baseball uh, and the enforcement that the umpires are now having to enforce and go about. And there's been some interesting, funny little stories and videos of these pitchers acting like jerks to the umpires because uh, of what's going on. So let's get into it. So is Jacob deGrom having the best season possible uh, in a pitcher? And the answer is yes. He is, has a 7-2 and two record as of right now with 12 starts with an ERA of .50. So that's with 117 uh, strikeouts in 72 innings pitched. So the closest, you know, we've got Bob Gibson, but, you know, to really get even anywhere close to that, you got to go back to 1937, 1944, and all the way back to the 1880s um, to actually get anybody that's been comparable to these levels. The first one, the, the lowest ERA belongs to Eugene Bermer, uh, who posted a 0.71 ERA in 1937 as a 20-year-old. Satchel Page followed him with a 0.719 ERA in 1944. Was that, a, was that for the whole season? Like it was for the whole season. Starts. And then Tim O'Keefe was that way. That was the 1880 uh, pointed, uh, did a 0.857 ERA. Again, that was back in 1880 with the Trojans, Troy Trojans of the National National League. So at the current pace that DeGrom's going, he's slated to get a little over 283 strikeouts. You know, if you add what starts he's good because he probably do like 29 starts for the season 30 max and so he'll probably have about 174 innings pitched through that again that's the you know that's modern league modern baseball in the modern era the other ones go back to you know obviously that we've talked about that before it's a different game than it ever was before so what do you think nick um, yeah, I mean, definitely looking at the, the stats, um, he's on pace to have a better season. So, I mean, when you think about it, kind of like how you said, I mean, obviously Gibson right now is, is kind of at that, that spot where you look at it and you're like, that's probably the best season to date so far. But if I'm looking at this correctly, he has a, a 0.5 ERA right now. I mean, that that's... It, it's hard to – a lot of pitchers don't even get under under that three. Um, if, if you can get a pitcher that can be in that, like, that like 2.7 to 3.8 range for the season, um, you're, you're talking about a, a lot of the, the starting pitchers, and and they're making pretty big money in the league. So he's sitting at .5, and if he can keep that up, I mean, yeah, that's, that's going to be probably the best pitching performance that we've seen. Uh, to date in the MLB, and, and I don't know if anybody's ever really going to touch that. I don't want to say anybody's ever going to touch it, but that's hard. I mean, when you compare it to Gibson's stats, his uh, whip is better, his ERA, like he has a .5, and Gibson has a 1.52. Definitely, definitely mind-blowing. 
to see that because like I said it's it's hard for them to even get get under that that like 2.8 a lot of the time especially now with this new rule or new rule in quotation marks I didn't say with this yeah. <laughs> but just them cracking down more on it it'd be interesting to see if he if he kind of goes dips a little bit if it goes a little bit higher by the end of the season or maybe he just wasn't one that needed it because there are some freak athletes out there that have pitched in the past that that a lot of these pitchers are trying to emulate now and they they needed that sticky substance to be able to do that so you talk about like a like a randy johnson or uh maybe like a maybe like a koufax a lot of those guys were able to put a lot of spin on the ball put a lot of rotation on the ball and pitch really well without those sticky substances sticky substances that's a hard word to say say that five times fast <laughs> but the grom seems to be able hopefully he's been doing it without that and hopefully he's able to continue to do that because at the end of the day i would love to see him finish the season with that 0.5 because that's going to be hard to touch i mean that 0.5 you've seen it with you know relief pitchers and, and closers and stuff like that some of those but to have a starter have that low of an era in 12 starts is just beyond crazy yeah, that's that's like a, that's like MLB the Show stuff. Like that's what I'm doing with my my career player in MLB the Show. So, and it, it's <laughs> it's not like he's been playing against teams that are are you know subpar below 500 teams. He's been, you know, four of his wins. I think four or five of his wins were you know above 500 teams. It just shows that he's actually dominating the pitching, you know, the, that he's going against. I honestly, it's hard to it's hard to fathom the what he's been able to do through those 12 games. And like I said, when, when you just look at the stats, I mean, even when you're looking at it, you're like, that's just, that's just doesn't even seem possible, let alone being able to like see it happen and him just dominate at that high of a level, especially in this, um, I would say in this, this offense, I don't want to say it's an offensive driven league now, but everybody wants so much offense. Everybody wants the games to be, you know, 12 to 10 or 14 to 15, like those kinds of things. They, they don't really want to see the low scoring games. They don't want to see the shutouts. So for him to be able to be like, I'm, I'm going to shut people out and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. That's awesome. So with that being said, obviously he's on pace to either beat Bob Gibson's record or, get close to it but you know we need to talk about what actually gibson did in that 68 season he arguably authored the greatest season by a pitcher in modern history there's no question about it he had a 1.12 era it's an all-time record um for more than 300 innings in a season posted a 22 and 9 record with a 13 shutouts and 268 strikeouts uh during one stretch he surrendered only two earned runs over 95 innings. That's just, that's just amazing. But you can't, you know, you got to compare Degrom season as the end of the season. You know, we're months and months away from that, uh, and I guarantee we'll be talking about this, you know, in another episode of of on deck. But we have to compare what we can compare right now, which is their first 12 starts. Degrom's 2021 season versus Gibson's 68 season. So in the first 12 starts, Degrom has a lower ERA. Gibson's was 1.52, and as we've already stated, DeGrom's ERA is 0.50. DeGrom's whip is 0.51. Gibson's whip was 0.88. DeGrom's only allowed three home runs in these 12 starts. Gibson had five in 12 starts. Opponents' batting average for 
DeGrom's is lower, which means they're not as hitting as good uh, at point one one three, and Gibson's opponent's batting average was point one eighty one. Obviously, Gibson was batting against you know some some slightly better batters at the time, uh, and then the opponent's uh, OPS for Degrom is three fifty three, and for Gibson it's four eighty. Obviously, we can have this conversation later on down the road and down at the end of the season if if this materializes into what I think it'll materialize is we're at least in our generation witnessing one of the greatest seasons by a pitcher that we've ever seen. Are you worried at all that that maybe DeGrom was in that category using sticky substances and that throughout the rest of the season we're going to kind of see him not necessarily fall apart but become human again and maybe his all of his stats that are kind of Maybe they were conflated because of those substances, and they kind of just, you know, skyrocket back up into the that like two point five to three point two range with ERA. Or do you think that he was purely just pitching off his own talent, and you think he'll stay right around that that point five ERA? I think that I think that he's gonna stick right around what he's been doing. I'm not scared. He's never been one to really be accused of that. Uh, uh, the research I did for for that on, on that category for him, and it, it didn't seem like he's been ever ejected or suspended for any of stuff like that. So it's a widespread issue, obviously, in baseball, uh, which we're going to discuss in, in depth a little bit more here. But I don't think that it's going to be something that's going to affect his ability to continue to pitch at a super high class level, which he's been doing. Most pitchers in their past have been used some form of either whether it be sweat, whether it be tack, whether it be, you know, all these different ass things that they could have used. They've all been guilty of it. And so I think it'll even the playing field for all the pitchers. And I just don't see him being this, the type that is, would have been doing it as much and he, yeah. not getting angry about it either. Mm-hmm. I guess my, my last question for it would be, I mean, let's let's just play like hypothetical here. But let's say he does kind of fall off. And let's say maybe he doesn't fall off like a bunch, but like let's say maybe the rest of the season cuz he'll probably have what like another you know, 12 to 15 starts. Yeah. Let's say that over those 12 to 15 starts, he pitches he he's right at like a a 2-point ERA, you know what I mean? He kind of he kind of goes back to to normal. No, like that in that normal range, do you think the speculation of this whole sticky substance thing will ruin what he did for the first 12 games? Or do you think that he'll still be able to be recognized for that, that greatness, that, that, that great stretch that he had? I definitely think it'll be recognized for greatness. Again, going back to my previous statement, he, he hasn't been one to be, accused of it he's not there's no signs that he's actually been one of these guys that has actually used it used a a some form of sticky sticky substances um in his past thinking about this and, and going back to gibson's you know season and that those records obviously it was way it's way more regulated now than it ever was in the 60s and so their ability to use substances in the 60s you know could have been completely 
untethered. You know, these have been rules in baseball for years, you know, decades, millennium. And it's just something that coaches and players and they've chosen to kind of look past. And, and now there's it's something that they're not looking past anymore. And the umpires are asked to regulate it a little more. I think if anything, it'll really go kind of come down on Rob Manfred, commissioner, to being the one that is having the issue with it, not necessarily the players or the coaches. I was just interested because obviously he has, like, I mean, we're talking about one-of-a-kind numbers at this point. I mean, there's you, you, you compare him to Gibson, and obviously those are close, but the ERA isn't even, isn't even close. I mean, you're talking about he's a hold a whole ERA point ahead. Yeah. Um, or lower, if you want to say. Uh, so it's just like, I mean, this is, these are numbers that we've never seen before. And just kind of going through this whole, going through this whole situation that we have this season, I, I just was wondering, even not even, not even like just looking at his past. Like I understand that his past is, is clean, but like looking at maybe how people would view it, they'd be like, well, maybe he was using stuff and we just didn't know. And now he just doesn't want to get caught. And that's why he's kind of gone back. And then there's that like speculation, almost kind of like how if somebody's speculated of using steroids in baseball, then it doesn't even matter if they were caught. It's that speculation that, that, that ruins their reputation, that ruins their career, that kind of ruins their legacy. And, and sometimes even keeps people out of the hall of, hall of fame. fame. Yeah. The cloud of mystery can yeah. hang heavily over individuals, especially in that steroid area. So I, I completely get it. Again, this is just something that it's not happening in my lifetime, so I'm super intrigued about it. And time will tell. You know, we'll, we'll definitely attack this topic at the end of the season and, and see if he's held true to, you know, his standards and, and his abilities, and we'll go from there. Yeah, that's fair. No, I just was definitely interesting because, like I said, these are – these are like video game numbers. Like, like I, I put these numbers out with my video game player, and the Grom is doing that in in real life, like IRL. <laughs> I mean, maybe he's he's out there, you know, in the, in the back of the dugout playing Xbox or PlayStation before yeah. he comes out, and just goes, okay, you know, I'm good, I'm good. Let's go out. Let's, you know, I just gotta <laughs> throw those same. It's the starting lineup in the game <laughs> that he's playing against before the game, so he knows all their spots in that box. Yeah. His cold zone's got to be that. Okay, so, you know, can't be that far off from the but, truth, right? And you got to think, like, yeah, because the game probably tallies all that stuff up. Like, you'd be dumb not to use – I don't even know. Maybe it's accurate. That's a good question. That's a that's a, that's a a topic for another episode is how accurate the show is because could you use that as a pitcher to, like, pitch against batters? I'm sure it's not like – you probably couldn't 100% rely on it. Like, no, no, no. I mean, it's a video game still, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, but like, how closely could you look at that and be like, I don't even know. That's crazy. I'd never even thought about that. <laughs> how often does the game update? I, it, I don't even think it really matters because, I mean, if you have if you have five or six years of tendency on a guy that's in the game, I mean, obviously, like the rookies are going to be a little bit harder, but if you have five or six years of data on one person, and you're able to go in and, and play the game and be like, oh, these are their weak points. This is where they hit a lot of home runs. And you can compare that to your data that you have now. It'd be crazy. It, it's, it's, it would 
seemed to be a, another way to simulate the game so that obviously you can look at the data through the computer you can look at the data through all the analytics and stuff like that and all your coaches of what they've assembled but then to add that layer of the video game is that, that's a fantastic thought are they using that because you know that they're playing video games in the back some of them are playing you know call of duty and Fortnite and stuff like that but uh what's stopping them from you know playing the show before they come out all right well moving on since we've talked about it uh pretty much the entire time uh <laughs> gotta give it if away you, if you haven't if you've been under a rock and you haven't found out that uh mlb announced last tuesday that they would be giving guidance to all 30 clubs that the umpires would serve as a uniform standard for the consistent application of rules including regular checks on all pitchers regardless of whether an opposing club's manager makes a request so any pitcher who possesses or applies foreign substances in violation of the rules will be ejected from the game and will automatically be suspended suspended in accordance with the rules past and present suspension rules i think it's rule number 3.01 i think that's 10 games you might want to check that out for me yeah i think i think they said it was 10 like either 10 games or 10 days i think it was just 10 days whatever comes first i mean we'll have to look at that starting pitchers will have uh more than one mandatory check per game and relievers must be checked at the end of the inning uh when they entered the game or when they're taken out of the game whichever comes first one of the things i did read though is that players will be paid during suspension for this violation uh, repeat offenders will be subject to progressive discipline obviously i'm not up to par on the you know table penalties for pitchers and the progressive dif- disciplines but you know obviously for for steroids that first use is what 50 games so and I, it gets progressively worse after the second one so something like this well, with how, you know, how light the first one is, the second one will probably just be like, all right, now you got to give us a dollar. So Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, uh, after an extensive process of repeated warnings without effect, gathering information from current and former players and others across the sport, with two months of comprehensive data collection, listening to our fans, and through thoughtful d- deliberation, he has determined that the new enforcement of foreign substances is needed to level the playing field for baseball. All right, through that, uh, through rules 3.01 and 6.01, C and D prohibits applying foreign substances. Use of sticky substances uh, has been widespread and tactically accepted by managers, players, and teams for decades as a means of reducing the slickness of the ball and improving control of the pitchers. But as pitchers have learned how to use substances to improve their spin rates, the issue and its effect on the offensive performance has become much more pronounced leading to this league's intervention so, so oh, it, that's that's was, the rule on paper that's what i'm saying so it, it was okay when they were like dominant but games were still like 14 to 15 but now now that there's been so many no hitters and pitchers are way more dominant and games are 2-1 3-2 they're like ah can't have this people think baseball is boring again we got to have 42 runs in a game, which is ridiculous. No more sticky stuff. That's what that, that's what that sounds like. That's crazy. Yeah, that's completely, they don't want baseball to turn into a bore snooze fest. And so they got to do something to have these batters. Cause I've, I don't even, I mean, 
can you look up what the collective uh, batting average of Major League Baseball is right now? Because it's got to be just subpar. It's low. Yeah, it's it's lowest it's been in years, if I recollect that. So, like I feel like last time I looked at it, it was under. Under two. Well, I don't know if it was under two. Or in the the low twos, and it just it shows you that the, the pitchers are so dominant that they're they're having to take these steps, and I don't even want to call them excessive steps, but have you seen the level of of pettiness and anger that these pitchers have have incurred when they're getting these checks. I mean, Max Scherzer, we, we, I think he was playing against Philly last week and he got checked like four times in like mm-hmm. three innings. One of them was by Joe Girardi, the manager of the Phillies. He requested it again because he's like, there's no way that you know, he keeps on rubbing his head over and over again. He's got to have something on his head. So they checked him again and Scherzer went to the point of showing his hat, showing his glove, he even undid his belt. But that was beat out by Sergio Romo of the Oakland Athletics. Sergio dropped his pants. <laughs> yeah. On the field, got so angry or whatever you want to call it with, with this rule and this checks, he dropped his pants to show that he was hiding nothing of a foreign substance to be able to get in trouble for. And that, that, that's just to me, it's like, as players, you should understand and accept the rule changes and understand that things are going on and not get angry that you're being checked. It, it's like that, you know, the kid that gets caught stealing the cookie and gets angry for getting caught. These pitchers that are getting angry for this are getting angry probably for a reason because they probably were the ones that were doing it the most. Mm-hmm. So looking at the uh, the batting average, um, at least on this website that I found, it says it's .239. So, and that's not, mm-hmm. like, that's... Because last year it was 0.245. 2019 it was 0.252. Then 2018 it was 0.248. So it has gone down quite a bit because it used to be consistently above 0.25. That little drop could, you know, could account for these pitchers, the dominance that these pitchers have had. I mean, 0.2, that's... I mean, you don't really want to be in that that zone. You really want to be in that three hundred zone. So when you're when you're at about like two fifty, that's I mean, they're they're right around like two forty, and that's kind of as as a league average. We're only halfway through the season, or a little bit more, but it's you're definitely you're definitely it's one of the lowest ones that I saw out of the past ten years that were on there. Um, and I don't even I mean, whatever you want to say, I don't look at last season's stats that much because it was just such a a shortened season and a lot of players opted out a lot of teams opted out it was you know there was just a lot it's almost like you the season um that they went on strike you just don't necessarily count some of the things like that and so that could be a different topic for a different episode i i didn't mind like them using a little bit of sticky stuff i obviously understand the the like advantage that it that it causes but i also i also just really enjoy really good pitching i don't know why i i'm kind of like in the opposite camp where i think i think that that sometimes these like sports organizations or these sports uh groups if you want to call them like the mlb and the nfl and and nba and stuff like that they kind of 
they pander a little bit too much to the loudest group. And I think sometimes the loudest group is the minority. Now, obviously, I'm not looking at statistics, so maybe a lot of people do like to see high-scoring baseball games. But for me, I love the nail-biters. I love when it's the bottom of the ninth and the pitcher has two outs, there's a person on second base, and the last person is up. Like, I, I love that. I love when they have the opportunity to either hit in the tying run or they the pitcher strikes them out. Like, that's that's way more fun to me than, than seeing them hit 10 home runs in a game and try to outscore each other. I, I just don't that's, – that's not, that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is not to – it's not to score as many runs as you can. When you talk about the sticky substances, I just feel like – the game has gone so much towards let's hit as many home runs as we can. And the pitchers knew that if they could use a little bit more rotation on their balls, then nobody's going to hit that stuff because they're not, they're not training anymore to hit placement wise or recognize things. They're just training launch angles and hit it as far as you can in that sense that, that that's why they're doing that. But at the same time, I can also understand their, their argument of the injury factor of it because as soon as they stopped allowing them to use those substances we've seen a lot of people get injured and obviously i get it, it's cheating if you want to call it that <laughs> but at i mean they they give them rosin you know rosin is is a talcy you know type of of substance you know and they can use their sweat mixed with the rosin like th those are completely i just I don't see how a bit of pine tar or a bit of, you know, what have you, whatever they're using can affect the rotation that much. It does. Like it honestly, they, I forget who was describing it, but you know, he was saying that, that when you, when you want to put that much like uh, movement or rotation or spin on a ball, you have to squeeze it really hard. So for whatever reason, that's why you see people, you know, blow out their elbows or their shoulders because they're putting so much force behind it. It's almost like the same thing as like a like a like a skill position player in the NFL when they put so much pressure on their knees when they're like trying to, you know, turn or pivot or jump or land or however it may be, there's just too much there's too much pressure and, and our our joints just aren't made to handle all that stuff. So that's why it just it just rips or tears. And that's why they were saying like that sticky stuff, it allows them to, to be able to grip on it a little bit better. So they don't have to squeeze it as hard and they can still have the same movement because, because when you think about it, there's not that many pitchers in our history that are probably able to even do that without that stuff. So, and I guess it, it makes it more special when you do have somebody that can, if you want to go with that argument, but at the same time, it's like, you've got to be able to stay competitive. And at some point, I, I guess it's whatever you want the game to be. So obviously right now, the powers that be, they want more hitting, they want more hits, they want more runs, they want all this stuff. And because for years, they, obviously they, <laughs> they kind of looked away from it. They didn't really do anything about it. They were just like, Oh no, you're doing it. Ah, oh, we caught you. Like if it was obvious, they were like, Oh, now we got to like, go say something. But if it wasn't obvious, clearly yeah, the, I've been doing it for years. Like, the amount of guys that have gotten in trouble for obvious use is pretty low, but it's been out there. I mean, I've definitely watched a few games that they've taken the picture out because of it. 
Yeah, I mean, you have like some like some dude with it on his neck, like a bunch of it. You're like, oh, come on! But like, you're getting caught because you're being stupid, not because you're using it. Like that 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 was the whole mantra of it was like, be smarter about it. And <laughs> it's just it's crazy. And and now, and like I said, now because the past three years you started to see this dip in you know the batting average for the league. Now it's the point where <laughs> they're under you know 240. And they're like, oh, we can't have this. Like, we gotta have high scoring games. We gotta have lots of home runs. And and that's I think that's the only reason that they cracked down so hard. And and I, I do think that they gave an unfair advantage to you know the managers for messing with pitchers. Like it's really good. Like if I'm a pitcher and you think that like the way that I go and I scratch my leg or the way that I rub my head because I'm sweaty. Like that, that that is going to that 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 constitutes. You can ask as many times as you want. There's there's no limit. Like every single time I throw a pitch, you can walk up there and be like, "Hey, go check him. I think he has it. I think you missed it last time. Go check him." Like it's it's ridiculous, and I don't think that that should have been. I don't think that should have been something that was allowed. If you're gonna do it, and be like, you can only ask once an inning, or yeah, or something like that, like. You can't I completely agree. Make a limit to your challenges. It's almost, you know, like in football, you want, you know, how many challenges you only get one. Yeah. Or like or once, once per pitcher or twice per pitcher or something. Or if you're going to, if you're going to do something like that, then every single time a pitcher comes out, just, just have, just have the umps check them. Like, Oh, it's a new inning. You got to get checked. Like, sorry, bro. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? It's just like, why, why give that power? to the manager like that because now people are going to start abusing it. And if one manager starts doing it to the other team's pitchers, then guess what's going to happen? The other team's manager is going to do the same thing. So now, and then guess what? They're worried about pace of play. Well, this Correct. is going to slow the whole thing down because every 10 seconds, they're going to be like, ah, check them, check them. So they can frustrate him. And then he's going to throw a meatball right over the middle and Aaron Judge can jack it over the fence. Like it just doesn't. Did you watch today's game against the Red Sox when he did that? Um, no, but if he did, <laughs> he did. did I call he, it out? He, he jacked a two-run homer over the uh, Green Monster today. So Red Sox still won nine to two, but yeah, that not, was not, not all of us get weekends off days. No, <laughs> but no, it's just like I don't know. It, the, the whole the whole thing kind of frustrated me because, like I said, I I do. I do understand the the cheating side of it. I get it. It's it's technically you're you're enhancing the way you're able to play with with foreign substances and that shouldn't be how we do sports. But I mean, can we can we figure out a way to do it within the lines? I mean, look at football. They have sticky gloves. Like if anybody doesn't think that those those gloves don't help wide receivers catch balls, there's no way that somebody fully extends and dives and catches a ball one-handed like that. Nobody's no. hand is that strong. There is like sticky stuff on those gloves that help that out. So how do we how do we find some sort of like legal way to do this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how do we how do we get them? Do we get them gloves? Maybe we get them wide receiver gloves. They can pitch with wide receiver gloves. I I, I don't know. Like let's make some sort of equipment that works for them because. I think the game, the game is fun. Yes, when you have like, oh, cool, you hit two runs, home runs in a game, but that should be rare. 
we shouldn't have somebody setting the home run record every single year. That's not that's not something that should be happening. It's supposed to be like a special thing, like a cool thing, like, oh, you made it to 300 home runs. Now it's like, if you don't make it to 300 home runs in your career, you're a loser. And that shouldn't be how it is. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. They're starting to do, you know, these rules. They're listening to the fans. They're listening to, you know, like I said, ex-players and stuff like that, trying to make it more entertainment and less about sports. And I think that's true in a lot of different sports. It's turning, obviously it is an entertainment, but that should be the second aspect of it. The sport should be the first. I just, I can't, I don't know. It's definitely interesting. I, I would like to see where we're at at the end of the season. I, th- I think I think whoever said it to, I, I forget who it was. It really bugs me. It was a whole press conference. But he was like, he was like, why not just wait till the end of the season? Like, why change it on us now? Like, obviously you've been, you, you knew we were doing it and you just, you were blindly kind of looking the other way and then what now you can't anymore you can't look the other way like, yeah so so april may and june you you know the first part of june you were okay it wasn't acceptable you know it's just like the rule that the nba is going to put in next year for offensive fouls leaning into people and you know going up for shots and leaning in how they're going to change that they're doing it next year they announced it this year but they're do, applying it next year so that players can understand and accept it and mm-hmm. glad you brought that up because anytime you make a change to something people players whatever you want to say need time to adapt to it to understand it to accept it you know to grieve the old way like whatever you want to say is is that they need time to process through it and then move on mm-hmm. and and that's what MLB should have done is like you said wait till next year to Im- implement this yeah, I mean, it's like it, implement the rule and then, like I said, explore explore different opportunities to where you can make equipment that could be used and stop them from using this stuff. Like if you can give them a special glove or maybe the MLB creates a special sticky substance, if you want to call it that, that pitchers can use. That's not like – that's not super st- – sticky but at the same time does help them out a little bit more and you know it'd be it'd be fun like you could totally <laughs> can only let them use it like five times out of the season I, I don't know just like let's let's explore different opportunities before before you just change the rules mid-season I mean it definitely this whole thing definitely felt like like they were like you don't want to play my way like I'm just going to take my ball and go home like and then they and then everyone was like well fine I just still want to play but I guess we'll just will change the rules halfway through so you can look better. Like that's that's all that's all it looked like was like batters were whining enough because they're not preparing the way that they're supposed to be and the league was like, "Oh, we got you guys because we want more runs. So, we'll change the rules to benefit you more." And now pitchers are like, "What the heck? What are we supposed to do?" <laughs> I don't know. And I don't think they want to see the the no-hitter record broke, you know, for a season. You know, we discussed that in a uh, past podcast that you know we're already up to what is it seven now we're seven now because the cubs last week did a combined no hitter four different pitchers i think four or five different pitchers was a, and it was a combined no hitter for the team so we're up to seven you know, yeah records eight records like, <laughs> yeah, we're that's like and we're halfway through the season so like if it, that's just insanity and mm-hmm. and they're just making it so that certain people 
you know, certain people in upper management or, or what have you are making it so these records don't get broken. Well, it's like, it's, it's, it's the error of the, of the batter. I mean, or the, or the error of high scoring games. I mean, every sport goes through it. I mean, look at like basketball right now, they say it's soft and I don't think that, I don't think soft is the right word. I just think that, but it's the error of offense. I mean, even look at the NFL, they want high scoring offenses. Look at, look at hockey. They, they need, everybody's trying to get somebody who can, who can score the puck in the net and and everybody wants this this high octane offensive type sports but we forget that most of our sports you're supposed to hold the other person to the least amount of points as possible like that's the point of winning the game (laughs) yeah like basketball should only should really be the only sport that maybe football too but basketball should really be the only sport that has naturally progressed to this point where we're seeing, you know, 150 point games on a regular. That's, that's really the, like, even though I don't like it, that's the only sport where you could sit there and be like, okay, maybe that, that probably should have progressed. You know what I mean? To this point. But like, there's, there's no reason that we should see, you know, teams averaging over 30 points a game in the NFL. Like that's kind of crazy. Or there's no reason that we should see, you know, soccer games where, teams are scoring four to six you know goals on a regular or like it just doesn't it it doesn't even sound right it doesn't even seem fun and when you talk about baseball like there's no reason that anybody should score like was it like earlier this season somebody dropped like 19 20 points on a team yeah i mean there have been a couple of them with you know dropped a couple 15 bombs 18 bomb like yeah like it doesn't it doesn't even seem fun do you like do you even keep watching it like i don't even keep watching it at some point the only time one time I'll watch a whole game all the way through is if it's close. Like, I'm not going to sit there and watch a team score 19 runs on another team. Like, that's that's not fun. Like, that reminds me of, like, rec ball as kids. Like, you, you that's what you see. Like, you see kids yeah. scoring 20 runs in a game in rec ball, but that's, that's because they don't really know how to pitch yet. Like, no. <laughs> it's like, what are we doing right now? You want to go back to that? that that's what we want to do? I don't understand. It's, it's like, it's phenomenal. I don't even know. I could whine about it all day, but. I guess we will see you at the end of this season and we can attack this topic on many other episodes uh, throughout the year until we get to, uh, you know, World Series time. And then, then we'll, we'll see what, where we're standing at that moment in time. Well, with that all being said, uh, thank you guys all for tuning in to listen to the first episode of On Deck presented by Deep Dive Sports. I'm again, Greg, with Nick today. Tune in next week for another episode, and we'll see you then. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. If you would like to hear more, feel free to listen to past episodes and look for new ones every Friday. And don't forget to follow us at deep.dive.sports on Twitter instagram and facebook for any update and please let us know what you would like us to take a deep dive into next as always we are deep dive sports until next time